previously on Box Cutters. That's the name of my new game show. Stick it in a hole. Whip it out, stick it in a hole, see what happens. Can you win a car? <laughs> You're going to see what happens, Joe. Yeah. Larry M. did look surprised. <laughs> <laughs> That's a celebrity edition. <laughs> it's we... someone you vaguely remember from Big Brother. <laughs> shall, shall we now do uh, yeah, audience, appro- audience appropriate content? <laughs> Welcome to Box Cutters episode 347. We should probably clarify. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. So, uh, I've, I've been a little bit uh, under the weather. I think uh, we're all a bit husky. <laughs> I, think, I think we are. Husky vocally as well as husky. Uh, but it also means that certain things, certain things are weird. Like I'd, I'd forgotten which was my left and which was yeah, my yeah, right. Yeah, that was a bit odd. Yeah, that was a bit uh, strange. Which, uh, which is, uh, I'm on uh, cold and flu medication, which mm-hmm. long-term listeners to the show will know anything could happen. <laughs> <laughs> anything could happen. In this week's episode of Box Cutters, we have uh, a just-don't-bother that I've been waiting for for... Some eight, long eight time. months. Yeah, long time. We keep putting it on the list and then just taking it off again because <laughs> we run long. Oh, yeah. No. No. I'm so excited. So it's finally finally going to happen. Probably the biggest I don't buy it. It's it's an international it's cavalcade. An international I don't buy it. And the reason I don't buy it is because they're not on sale in this country. It's, it's pr- probably a good reason Jerry Harvey would be proud of you. Yeah. 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 Uh, we have Brett's Vault. We're going to look into Brett's Vault. Vault, 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 vault. That's a nice uh, effect you put on there, John. Yeah. In the editing. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, we've got one thing. We've got Pork. Ben McKenzie is having his wisdom teeth out this week. So we wish him all the best. He's had them out, he's, according he's, to Facebook. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's it's, a hilarious do, picture on do Facebook. They, do they actually put Apparently that they do. They've got a band around his head. Like they've, like, they've tied his jaw back on. It's weird. It looks like, like those plastic things they put on a dog to stop it from chewing its own stitches. <laughs> it's just... It's Maybe maybe they've only done it to Ben. Maybe they don't do this to people normally. They've just, they're, making, they're making fun of him. They're making a fool of you, Ben. They're making a fool of you. Still, wish him the best in recovery. Have we got anybody pay, playing the part of the hat? No, no, no hat, no, no fact checkers, no. Our facts will all be wrong. Is the point? All right, <laughs> like, let's do this thing, John. We should probably cl- clarify. Last week, I said that episode three hundred and fifty is going to be my last episode. Yeah, and, all about you. It was all about then, you. Uh, and then uh, somebody Stealing called Brett the Thunder. Everyone, s- else. somebody called Brett Brent, and then and then somebody called you Adam Richards. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was confusing. Uh, and look, while all of these things may have been correct. Except for the Brent and the Adam Richards thing. 350 is is my last show. Uh, John, your final episode is episode... 347. Right, right. So when we get to that, that'll be a round number. Because it's a mystical number of my people. Uh, So, yeah, and also, I mean, this will be actually probably one of the last episodes with with undue amounts of reverb in it. So, you know, you you never know. There might just be reverb happening everywhere. And, uh, yeah, you know, you never know. Hey, Brett, look at that phone over here. It's a different type of reverb! And over here, there's a big box of delay. delay. So John's 
So, so John, John announced that he was well announced. He sent me an email saying that he was going to leave box cutters uh, because the the uh, the schedule was was uh, taking up a, a lot of time. The it's editing, just time. It's not you, listener. The it's the editing you. was. Uh, it's not a new opportunity. You're going off to to do. Yeah, well, well, there's, 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 yeah. there's some stuff, but look, uh, it, but it's just yeah, it's just yeah. Not um, allowed to talk. But about I like it that you've just turned more editing time into this shot. Like you've just made that more difficult for you. <laughs> well, like it's my it. last week to put unjury verb on things. So I thought, you know. In in terms of people leaving, like, like we had we had Ross leave, but Ross regenerated into you. Yeah. Somebody suggested that I regenerate into Helen, Helen Mirren, yeah. which I, I think is a lovely idea because we have never had a female Josh. Mm. Uh, I, I think that the... Uh, uh, you know, in, on, on Neighbours, when people leave, they would always go to Queensland. Yeah. Mm. Uh, at my work... We had somebody resign recently saying that she was moving to Queensland. Oh. And I'm like, but is this just a euphemism? I don't understand yeah, it's a euphemism for death. You do, you do know that, don't you? On, on Neighbours, when someone moves to Queensland, they kill them. But they she has die. A, she has a date when she is moving to Queensland. Yeah. Hey, well, so did Logan's run. So, John, this is, this is your, your last episode. Uh, Brett... You are continuing on with the show. Can we be absolutely it's clear so with that? It's so exciting what's coming up, yes. You, you, yeah. have, you have a new... So, I'm not continuing. John's not continuing. Sev- several other people as well are not continuing on with the show. I have wondered over the week if uh, if it's a box cutters 2.0 or if we, we've we already done the 2.0 and it, it's, a, it's oh, a later version. It's a three. It's, it's, a, it's definitely no. a, a, a major release point. I, I'm so I'm so excited because you haven't told us anything about your plans other than who's going to be a part of the team. Do you want to announce who's part of the team? Do you want to hold that off? When when are you going to do that? It's actually uh, expanded since we last. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, genuinely, I have no idea what is what is going to happen (laughs) after episode three hundred and fifty. Except that Soup Giant will keep hosting the show. It'll still keep coming to you as. as quick a download as it's always been, and everything else is in the hands of uh, the marvellous Mr. Cropley. Mm. As always, though, we're going to kick this off with the Box Cutters News. Very, very sad news over the weekend uh, that uh, excellent uh, comedic actor, uh, member of uh, Not the Nine O'Clock News and half of Alas Smith and Jones, Mel Smith, uh, passed away aged 60 in, a the, heart in the UK. Uh, yeah. A heart attack, which is, he always looked like he was uh, of the uh, of the body type that was heart attack prone. He was the bigger one of Alas Smith and Jones. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Even be, then, though, it still bullet. seemed a bit of a surprise. Well, was, well he was only sixty, and uh, and that's that's a, a bit of a bit of a shock. Uh, he was, I, I think, just a, a fantastic uh, comic actor as far as uh, as far as TV goes. The not the nine o'clock news stuff that uh, that happened when I was I, I was a kid. I mean, we were all we were all young, but clearly, of the three of us, I was the youngest <laughs> at the time. Now, who knows? <laughs> But I, I remember, I remember seeing not the nine o'clock news, and then alas, Smith and Jones, the, uh, the spots where they were in a, a close two shot, talking directly at each other on a black background, such simple but excellent 
comedy in in those bits uh, I think really shaped a lot of sketch comedy but also uh, wordplay and character play uh, in in television comedy to to come so Mel Smith will be uh, sadly sadly missed uh, in uh, in less less sad well you know it's hard to know if this is less sad news mm. Sharknado has already been given a sequel right what, well, what but- is this you speak of Josh so, Sharknado is a sci-fi movie, and sci-fi for the last few years, oh, basically, basically since changing their name from sci-fi to sci-fi, uh, S-Y-F-Y mm. is, is what it is now, uh, they, uh, they have started making these, these movies that are terrible, and they will put, like, there was one that had, I think, like, Debbie Gibson and Tiffany in, yeah. in lead roles, just acting terribly, really horrible special effects, just for the sake of having schlocky programming, but not uh, not in the way that, say, the Hammer Horror films were schlocky, but also really entertaining. These were kind of schlocky for the sake of being These, these are deliberately, knowingly bad films, though, and, aren't they? Yeah, and so they would do things like Sharktopus. Yeah. Uh, and then discovered that putting shark at the front of any word made it inherently watchable or funny. Yeah, so Sharknado is this new one in which uh, an actual tornado of sharks, it's based on the premise. Three of them. Well, no, apparently, apparently there's quite a few as, as that goes on, I, I've been told. No, I, I haven't three seen tornadoes. Oh, three tornadoes. Oh, I see. Oh, so I thought it meant three sharks. Three but no, tornadoes. So it's Sharknados. Yeah. Which, which are rounded yeah. up by a hurricane. It's, a, it's based on that premise that fish can fall from the sky yeah, but yeah. it's sharks well, so well, basically the tornadoes get together over the water yeah they, 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 they suck up all the sharks the water funnel and then they go out over the land which 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 was also the paul thomas anderson magnolia film yes yeah i yeah. think with sharks which I, I i've got a bit it does sound quite appealing but it does seem to have become this huge uh, internet phenomenon sharknado and and for me it's for me it's too knowing like i, I i'm not going to watch it because it's it's way too knowing it's i, I like things that are shocky without while, while trying to be sincere. It's, I mean, this is the point. This is why The Room is so amazing, isn't it? Because The Room, the Tommy Wiseau movie, because mm. he clearly thinks he is making an art house movie of genius. And that is actually what gives it that that just magnetism. That it's not like Birdemic. You know, it's, it's an attempt to actually make a great film and has failed on such a level that makes it just fascinating. And so it's one of the things that I always loved about Ed Wood. And, uh, and, and watching his films and learning about his life was mm-hmm. a passionate man who just... He just wanted to make films, but really didn't know how to make them wonderful or didn't have the ability to, to make them wonderful. Uh, and so uh, they were kind of I- enjoyable and honest yeah. while also... And this is just too cynical for me. So, so you think this has been intentionally badly written, embarrassingly acted... And and had a had a budget of ten dollars yeah, for the, I, I for think, the I think graphic effects. I think you choose Tiffany, you know, to be in your cast. It's it's a deliberate nod to that kind of. But they're not in this one. Ethos. No, no, no but, but, but yeah, but Sharknado. And, um, yeah, the, the title <laughs> kind of gives you some indication. Yeah. Is, but, it, is it part of Shark Week? No, because this is this is something that we don't really get over here. Shark yeah, we Week. We don't do yeah. Shark Week. I don't think it is part of Shark Week. That's because we, we never had a president who was a shark. You know, that, that's where it all mm, comes that's, from. Well, but, that's because we, we've only ever had a queen. Yeah, because we're... Yeah. But why are you bringing this up, though, in the news? What, what is your purpose for... Shark for Na- Sharknado has already uh, been commissioned to, for, for a sequel. Sharknado 2? Yeah, Electric Boogaloo. The, well, that's the thing, is that they've actually asked the internet to come up with the tagline for it. It's actually... There's a competition going, I believe. Too. So there's a bit of that Snakes on a Plane Yeah, I think very much. I think it. this is very much from Snakes on a Plane. Which yeah. just means they, they don't want to pay any writers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't... 
I don't like that. I don't like it as as an idea. So people are very excited about it, and I'm I, I'm just being like the world's worst party pooper, just going, no, don't enjoy Sharknado. Mm-hmm. Don't. If you enjoy Sharknado, the terrorists have won. Yeah, especially those sharks. Speaking of terrorists winning, uh, Emmy nominations are out. Does anybody care? Not really. What's up for it? No, any any standouts? Oh well, I, I suppose most most interesting is that uh, some internet only shows are up for Emmys mm-hmm. this year, and I think that's House of Cards. Yeah, I think so, and, and Arrested Development as well. Okay. Uh, so I think that's interesting. But yeah, I like to think the Emmys are like the Grammys of television. And that is the box cutters news. We may be the first living beings here in 400 years. We should go back, Devon. Never. John Richards, about eight months ago, yeah, at least, yeah, you it said, could be longer. You said, uh, you, you said. I have the greatest Just Don't Bother of all time. Yes, our regular segment, Just Don't Bother, in which every year or so I I bring out a show that you shouldn't bother watching. Uh, And this is probably one of the most shows you shouldn't bother watching I've ever seen. But it's also fascinating because the story around the show is bigger than the show itself, which is, of course, The Star Lost. Now, I was going to tell I, you what the premise of the Star Lost was. So, so I didn't, I didn't realise that it's the Star Lost. It is the Star Lost. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, the definitive. But I was going to tell you what it was about. But luckily, there's a voiceover guy on the opening credits, and he'll do it for me. Oh, fantastic. The giant Earthship Ark, drifting through deep space over 800 years into the far future. Its passengers, the descendants of the last survivors of the dead planet Earth, locked in separate worlds, heading for destruction. Unless three young people can save the Star Lost. So, just to give you the background to how the show came about, in 1973, Robert Klein from 20th Century Fox asked Harlan Ellison, the renowned, famous, and very grumpy science fiction writer yes. to come up with a show that they could pitch as a co-production with the BBC. And what he wanted was a fugitive in space, was the description. Uh, so the, the, TV, the TV show Fugitive, uh, yeah. where, where a man is being, uh, has been accused for, for his, uh, of his wife's murder and is on the run from the law. Yes, yes. And so it would be a sort of quest series where each episode could be a different story. And... So what Harlan Nelson came up with was this concept to be on a generational starship in which there are all these domes, which have all been... So basically, while, while trying to escape Earth and some sort of catastrophe, everyone's been sealed into these different domes with different uh, sort of towns, more or less, mm-hmm. know, different little pockets of civilization. Uh, so in they're there. not in a deep sleep or anything? No, no. So everyone's... So it's like, you know, they, they, they have kids and they die, and, you know, and they've been doing this for hundreds of years, is, is the theory. Mm-hmm. And so that was his central premise and the idea would be that these characters would would who lived in a very amish kind of area would find out who they were would escape and would try to uh, eventually the quest he gave them is to get to the bridge to 
try and take control of the ship. Okay, so they're going they're going from town to town, and each town is like a different world. Yeah, each, so it was, it's a different dome and a different civilization and a different. You know, it's it's quite a, it's, it's not a bad idea. That's a, a nice idea. Yeah. It make, makes for an, an excellent. Uh, it make, make for a great video game. Well, that is, that is actually probably quite true. And the the characters in there are actually not bad either. Now, Keir Dahlia, who you mentioned before, who um, most famous as Dave Two, Bowman from 2001, 2001 Space Odyssey, um, whose name is actually pronounced K. Delay. Really? Yes. I've never known that. No, ever. Keir Dahlia's name is actually pronounced K. Delay. I That's think we should keep calling him Keir Dahlia for the point of this, though, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, K. Delay is easier to say than Keir Dahlia. But no one would know who the hell we were no. talking about. So, so this, is, this is Dave from 2001, who famously pretty much went on to do nothing. Yeah. Um, and so he is one of the producers on this. And along with Douglas Trumbull, who was the man who created the effects for 2001, he did Close Encounters, he directed Silent Running... He was also one of the producers. So that's, that's a really, a really good, uh, a, a really good yeah. pedigree for yeah. this show. And that's the thing. So all this was going on. Now the BBC said no. Uh, possibly, I would suggest because they were already making this show. They made a series called Moonbase Three, which was a 20th Century Fox, uh, ABC, BBC co-production in 1973, which was about a moon base on the moon. Was it the third moon base? It was the third one. It was on, it was on the Europeans ran because the Americans had moon base one and the Russians had moon base two. Uh, uh-huh. The Brazilians had moon base five, incidentally. Uh, you can actually see moon base three. It's terrible. It's really, really boring. Anyway, possibly one of the reasons they wouldn't have made this other show. So instead of being a large budget American show, they went to Canada. I think we're already seeing where it's about to go wrong. So they went up to Canada. Uh, Harlan Ellison himself decided that they should shoot it on video rather than film to save money. Which you can already tell makes it look so good. (laughs) And Trumbull had come up with this new system called Magicam, which was effectively going to be one of the first uh, sort of computer-controlled camera systems. So you could move the camera on the actors while a smaller one on a model would move in sync. They used the same thing for uh, the hologram of Will I Am. Yes, yes. I mean, it, it's it's common. Look, it's actually common, you know, um, sort of technique now. Except that, unfortunately, this one didn't work. So <laughs> what they had to do was just do standard blue screens, and it turned out the studios were too small to do that in. Now, <laughs> there's also a writer's strike in there as well. Uh, and uh, just, uh, so so it, why wasn't this show just called Insult to Injury? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also Ben Bova, who was the editor of Analog Magazine, was brought on as a scientific advisor. Now... So we're at the point now where they start making this thing, and so just to give you an idea, before the first episode aired, Harlan Ellison had taken his name off it, using his um, a bird is his um, fallback for it's his Alan Smithy, uh-huh. which he had legally in there, and it was, he's legally he's allowed to take his name off things and put Cordwainer Bird on instead. Oh, now, now you just want to look at uh, IMDb yeah, for Cordwainer so he, Bird. He, he's done a few things. Um, ben Bova, unfortunately, didn't have that in his contract and couldn't take his name off it, even though he was trying to. And and uh, Keir, Keir Dahlia was not able to take his face off it. <laughs> no, and his big hipster moustache. Those others, you know them? They're my friends. We come from the same place. Cypress Corners. Cypress Corners? That is a dome far away from here. Not like this place, huh? No. Much better, you think? Better than our place? No, it is, it is different. Uh Tell me different how then. Well, uh, Cypress Corners is warm. There is uh, sunlight and uh, trees 
grass. And the dome is so big, it, it takes a man days to walk across it. Hey! <laughs> the ground is, uh, is soft and warm. You can lie on it. It feels good. Makes things grow. Grow? Huh? Well, things to eat. Uh, fruit, vegetables, apples. Apples? Well, food. Food! Food, yeah, food! <laughs> Have you ever tasted an apple? No. It is hard and uh, round, sweet, very juicy. The lead characters are uh, Keir Dahlia plays Devon, and Devon lives in this Amish community. He's in love with Rachel, played by Gay Rowan, uh, but she's been betrothed to Garth, played by Robin Ward. Which is already an interesting triangle. He finds out that, that it's all fake, that this, you know, this world, you're not allowed to ask questions about science and things. He discovers there's a, a portal which leads to this other but, but place. That's, but that's also a kind of Amish style. He's yeah. not allowed to ask about yeah, yeah. science. So. And, and he's discovered there's a, there's a door he can get through. Okay. They discover that they're on, uh, they're on heading course to a, into a stellar star. I don't know what difference that is to another star. They've got to try and, and stop the ship crashing into the star at some unspecified point in the future. Again, show's falling apart a bit here. Try to put a ticking time bomb in, which just never really comes to anything. Wait, but that that was clear from the from the voiceover as well. Like that, they, they've set up a really good a, a really good scene where each of these pods is its own little world, and you mm-hmm. can quite easily do a kung fu style uh, or quantum leap style yeah, TV show, exactly going from world to world to world. Which is what they while, do. Which is what they do. While the rest of while, while the entire human race is looking for a place to call its own. Yeah. Right? It's looking for a sustainable planet. That seems to be enough. But what happens with this is they find the bridge within the first half hour, <laughs> uh, which, yeah, Harlan Nelson wasn't terribly keen on that. And he, and once he pointed out to them that the quest had actually been solved in the first half hour, they then made the bridge not work, and they had to find the backup bridge. It, it also <laughs> mentions in the opening credits two things. One is that no one knows they're on a ship, except that outside of this trio in the Amish world, it turns out every single character they meet knows they're on a generational sp- starship. It, like, you never meet any group again who don't know they're on a generational oh. starship. Um, the three young people, Keir Daly was 35 when they made this, just throwing that in there. Uh, the, the whole Garth, Rachel thing never turns into anything. Rachel's just a simpering, sexist mess of a character. That problem that you... Uh, that- you mention with them fi- getting to the bridge within half an hour mm. like that, that is similar to problems uh that they had with 24 where they yes. thought that uh, eight episodes might be all they got so they, they basically wrapped the show up it, after after eight episodes or yeah. or if eight episodes felt like long enough for this particular storyline and yeah. then they had to make up another uh, 16 another 16 episodes yeah. uh and so that kind of seems like that but not 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 Half an hour episode, and under half an hour. Well, These are one hour episodes of. They, as well, they are, yeah, yeah. And it, look, it's just a, it's just a mess of a show, and it's a shame because the central premise is quite good. Um, and and actually, and this, but I was going to say too, Ellison got very angry as he does on these things. Got angry at Star Trek. Got angry at Twilight Zone. He worked on those. But in many ways, he was trying to do something with television that it just didn't do at that time. Like it didn't do that sort of arc. It didn't. It didn't no. do that until the very late nineties. Yeah, and that's what he wanted this show to be, which clearly it could never be that. Um, so this is interesting. So the show, sixteen episodes are made. He's taken his name off it. Nineteen seventy-four, the year after this has happened, uh, he puts the original script he wrote into the Writers Guild of America Awards, and it wins for best <laughs> original screenplay. Fantastic. Now, a novelization of this is printed in nineteen seventy-five. 
along with an essay called Somehow I Don't Think We're in Kansas Anymore, in which he basically talks about his experience working on the show. Here's an extract from that essay. In the hands of the inept, the untalented, the venal and the corrupt, the Star Lost became a veritable Mount Everest of cow flop. And though I climbed that mountain, I somehow never lost the sense of smell. And when it got so rank I could stand it no longer, I descended hand over hand from the northern massif, leaving behind $93,000, the corruptors, and the eviscerated remains of my dream. <laughs> so I don't think he was that keen on how it ended up. <laughs> Oh, Nelson doing stand is, is, is this thing on? <laughs> Hello. Now, uh, Ben Bova um, in 1975 published a novel called The Star-Crossed, which is about a man who gets stuck being a scientific advisor on a terrible, terrible science fiction series. But a, a novel, you say? <laughs> yeah, a novel. Both of these things are still available. I think they're still in print. Fantastic. Um, so, I mean, this one thing is interesting. It's got this life after the show and then in 2010 the original screenplay was adapted to a comic book series now i haven't read the screenplay but i have gone and read the comic book series based on the original and i've got to say a lot of the problems are still there like a lot of the problems the show has right were in ellison's original script um in particular the fact that rachel is a terrible character and just gets handed around and and the fact that yeah there's not really much drive to it, but it's weird when you watch now. Going, if you made this now, I mean, the original Battle of Star Galactica is terrible. It's a terrible yeah. show. But if 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 HBO or someone was going to do this now, you know, it would have that incredible amount of resonance and about survival and life and what things mean and 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 trying to find meaning in a, in a meaningless world. There's all this stuff that's in there. You could you could so easily adapt this into a a marvelous exploration of human nature. You you absolutely could. Yes, um, but the thing is, I don't think you could have done it in 1973, and I'm not quite sure what Ellison thought he could do with this in 73. I mean, it's definitely a bad show, and, I, I, and, I, and if you are a fan of 70s science fiction, as I am, it's definitely worth a look, because it does have that disco sci-fi stylings you get in that particular period. There's a lot of jumpsuits, there's a lot of shiny... Afros? Uh, I'm not sure there's afros, a lot of kinky boots. Um... There's a really weirdly homoerotic episode that I cannot work out if it's deliberate or accidental. So it's a bit Barbarelli. It's a bit Barbarelli. Uh, if you imagine that being done in a Canadian studio with no money <laughs> on video. I yeah. really I, I really can. Yeah. I, 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 you're painting a good word picture. The, uh, I should also point out that the people do mock it, and uh, especially online Americans will mock it more than... I think if you've grown up seeing original Doctor Who and, and BBC dramas, the video look isn't quite as upsetting as it is for American eyes, mm. you know, who are used to everything being shot on film, which obviously makes everything look better. So that, and there is some, uh, some forced perspective work, and there is some of the effects are actually quite impressive. Like, like, Tremble still manages to get some stuff in there, as you would expect, because he, he was a genius. I mean, you know, he would go on to do Close Encounters after this, and, uh, you know, and uh, he worked on Blade Runner. So there are moments where you can almost see what it might have been but but again, I should point out, Ellison was the man who got angry on Star Trek because they took out the drug running part in his original Star Trek plot. Which it's like, yeah, yeah, he was upset that 1960s television wouldn't show the drug running going on the Enterprise, and you're going, Ellison, what are you doing? What are you doing? I see, and I think I think Howard Ellison, uh, you know, for all his grumpiness and uh, and and uh, misogyny in writing and all, all of that stuff, uh, bless. But I think he was also uh, a, a dreamer. And every time he went to 
to to start on a new TV show, he thought, now I can tame the beast. Like this is this is where I am going to make television exactly what I think it should be. Yeah, oh yeah, and he definitely was trying to push television along. And it's almost sad that he he's not working on it now, which I think he could probably get some of that done. So finally, the Star Lost. I know exactly what we're talking yeah, about it's, now. It's, look, it's available on DVD. The whole series came out along with a um, a great pitch video in which uh, in which the the, the multi mustached K Dale and uh, Trumbull sort of talk about this great new show they're going to be making. And Harlan Ellison's there going, "I'm Harlan Ellison. My name's all over this." And it's just it's you can see the dream. You can see the dream <laughs> oh. before it crumbles in this video and. It's look. It's worth having a look at one episode, right? But but for listeners who who are thinking, oh, much like when I discovered the Prisoner on DVD or VHS, and it was a it was a huge surprise to me because it was an old show that was that was amazing to yeah, watch, and you yeah. can just buy the whole thing. Yeah. Don't do that with no, Star Wars. This is terrible. This is right. terrible. Go to YouTube, watch an episode, and then decide if you want to buy the whole thing. Are you one of those that follows follows the ads? Pepsi is putting coke into their ads. As much as I want. Got the sly look, sly look, sly look. Hello, this is Ricardo Montalbán. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. Because my last show, I thought I just want to do an international item bite. It's three ads I find quite interesting from three different countries, which is why Josh will need to be giving some explanation for some of them. But uh, let's and, and usually we actually usually this whole segment's about hating ads. I've got to admit this is actually a bit of a cheat. I actually like all these ads. I just wanted to share them with you. So the reason I'm not buying them is simply because I'm in the wrong country. Okay. But uh, let's have a look at the first one, shall we? And there's a cat wearing glasses and uh, and, and a tie. And uh, oh, it's a business a business cat, yeah, Japanese business cat. Japanese business cat taking flights, having meetings, looking at the internet. Uh, and just a, a regular, a regular everyday uh, work, work for a Japanese business cat, exhausted at the end, passes out on a bed. Do you know what it's an ad for? Uh, yogurt. Hotels. <laughs> it's hotels. Yes. Oh. Well done. Yeah. No, because he he's a business cat. And, and things, the hotel only appears at the very end of the ad. Yeah. So I always thought it was for the something more businessy related. Oh, it's, right. It's yeah, it's, like a fish business card. Yeah. Uh, and, and it does that thing at the end, like cartoons, where it has these three little images of him, like separate to the fi- like a 15 second ad, which then takes like three seconds at the ad end to do. An additional ad within the it's, ad. It's very, it's it's very quick. But from that, I, I can guess that this is a pet friendly hotel <laughs> that uh, that also uh, offers you internet access. No, uh, no, they actually have uh, business cats in Japan. Oh, dear. it's a different culture, <laughs> right? He also is an it's, adorable, adorable cat. I've it's got to actually say. a little bit racist what you're doing there. It's right. Sorry, my, my, I didn't. And I should point Hello out, Kitty, Will, actual <laughs> businessman. <laughs> we'll put oh. clips of, of all of this up on the uh, on the, the yes, website yes, as yeah, well, yeah, we'll, so you'll we'll, be able to watch all of uh, them and, and be racist. Just like Josh. Bo- Boxcutters.net slash episode three four seven is where you can find all, all of these. So uh, I've got to do running commentary again for. Uh, yeah, now this is one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. This Here looks we go. a bit like uh, the guy from uh, the Mister Wazo. Uh, music it does, video. yeah, from the flat beat. So there's yeah, a f- fuzzy, a, a fuzzy puppety man with. A very crooked mustache. He's fallen backwards. He's speaking some kind of IKEA language. Uh, he's in he's in a bedroom, and uh, he's also on a computer. 
uh, he's, and he's staring into the staring into the camera. I don't know what he's, so he's he's angry though. He is angry. He's taking his tie off. He's holding his jacket open. He's throwing his jacket, and uh, he's put his phone down. And now he's uh, taking his shirt off. It looks like he's going to the beach, or he's going to go and jump in the pool. He's on holidays, I think. I think this puppet is sick of his everyday work. No, he's committing suicide. No, he's not. He's not committing suicide. He's just he's just enjoying time in a pool. He's sick of his everyday work, and he just wants to go on holiday somewhere near the beach, but that it has a pool so he can do private swimming. Okay, so the the slogan the logo at the end there was for Media Marked. Uh, and you would say then from that ad that they sell... Uh, they uh, sell holidays. They're Germany's largest seller of electronic goods. What? <laughs> now, now, I get that. Electronic goods. Now, I get that from the start. Because he, he had the computer. He was, look, he was looking the at the computer. And there, was, and there was also a mobile phone. That Actually, he took it. You, you've done better than I have then. I've never been able to connect <laughs> the actual brand to the ad. But you're right. There's a computer and there's a mobile phone in but there. That's, but, but that's all. The rest of it is about either committing suicide or going <laughs> swimming. I'm not sure which. I think it's a being, metaphor for death. Being right. angry about being mistaken for the Swedish chef he, so much. He does seem quite angry. <laughs> There's one shot where he just stares at the camera and is out of focus, and it slowly pulls into focus. And I'm like, sure, he's annoyed it pulls into focus. I'd rather it just stayed out of focus for like four minutes. And I just, I, I think it's, I think it's like David Lynch does the Muppets. I think you, it's the most you, awesome. Use, use the uh, the pause button liberally. <laughs> and yes, I think this is a Swedish ad, but it's actually a German company who are uh, a major European retailer of electronic goods. It is subtitled. Uh, in in some other language than yes, Austra- because because it's Australian called uh, Dagmar Midmark, and I think Dagmar just goes. I think that's like he's got his it's own slut. his own language which they've they've subtitled for the <laughs> for the Swedish viewer. It, <laughs> it is. It is. Watch along at home. Do it. It it is an extraordinary (laughs) ad that definitely needs to be seen to to be believed. Pause the Uh, podcast and watch it now. It is is quite astonishing. It's well done to you, country. (laughs) Once once again, boxcutters.net slash episode 347. It's well worth a look. All the comments, uh, uh, no further enlightenment there. It's all in, in that language, whatever in, it is. Uh, Ikea language, Ikea I think language. I, I racistly called it earlier. And now the final one, you don't have to, you can just watch, it's in English. Uh, it's from New Zealand. But let's, okay. uh, yeah, let's have a look, because I just want to see your reaction to this. Kids, they're bundles of energy, but they need the right snacks to keep them going. That's why I give my kids pretty bars. The fool. <laughs> Preventing trips around your home can be as easy as tidying up toys. Now, for for those who, who could not see, which is everyone, uh, unless you're, you're playing along, I would say you two are monsters. <laughs> I was shocked when I saw that, and you're both like, "Hey, that lady's possibly killed herself." Well, it was funny because she she did a pratfall, but then she did a pratfall into a glass coffee table, and I didn't know how to react. But, after but that. yeah, yeah. But sorry, explain, explain it again to the, so, to, to the non-video podcast. So, so what? kids kids are playing around at the, at the home, and then they run outside, and she does the fruity bars ad, uh, and then trips over a Tonka truck. 
uh, and and falls and and at that point it's funny because she's doing a pratfall and we all loved Chevy Chase in the seventies and but then she falls into a glass coffee table which is clearly going to injure her significantly and uh, and then it is it is absolutely shocking. It's it's actually I think beyond this it's the slight twitching and whimpering she does for the rest of the ad. Now it's a campaign called Think Safe uh, and it's part of a series in which these and presumably these are played on television. They look. Like they look like really straightforward TV ads. Yes, like as for the fruity bars. Yeah, like yeah. And, it, and it looks it do, like she's not even overplaying it. It looks genuinely like a terrible ad for a, for a brand called Fruity Bars, mm. which even holds up the product to the camera before tripping over. Uh, there's another one which is a, a sexy man in the shower and the sexy lady comes in and it's, it looks like one of those kind of um, like steam heat ream kind of you know and it's very glossy and it's like oh hey sexy lady sexy man in shower and then he steps out trips over and smacks his head against the marble and lies twitching and bleeding <laughs> on the floor. Uh, so it's, it's it's quite like uh, the I assume it's not on anymore, but uh, the the local ad about uh, safety around the house and using a uh, licensed electrician yes. with the ladder going with up ladder into the, the roof yeah. and and there's a there's a thud uh, that the uh, the young mother downstairs wife uh, hears yes. and she looks up the ladder horrified. It's that it's, sort of campaign, but it's a lot more graphic and and well, shocking. Well, things it's more shocking though I think simply because you're not. Expecting it, like like the ad with you know the sort of safety of the ladder, you know those sort of ads, the the, the TAC ones. We we know what they're going to be now, so we can prepare ourselves. Whereas this campaign, which is by the ACC in New Zealand, I think there is that sense of because you are lulled into thinking, oh, it's just another ad. I'll wait for this to be over. And this moment of violence happens, which is genuinely quite disturbing. I, I have to say though, but like that, sorry, you you go, Brett. It, I mean. It's funny. Like, was it effective as as an ad for? actually being safe around the house i was look I, I was genuinely shocked when i first saw it because you write the platform but the problem is because she lies there whimpering i think that's the bit that actually takes into this and and the final shot in all the ad campaigns is a is an overhead shot with a lot of space in it like the person is quite small in mm. in and and they're there and twitching and whimpering and the light's getting darker and it's just i don't know i find it maybe maybe, maybe my sleep step is informing my maybe reaction. you're a bad man maybe you're a bad bad <laughs> man but you know i was i was quite and i thought new zealand why do you always have to go so dark in uh, so so i like to tear these things apart and look at the internal logic of them mm. and the ad seems to be blaming the woman for not cleaning up the toys. Uh, however, if she was not forced to also do a walking, <laughs> facing-to-camera advertisement for Fruity Bars, which clearly the directors have made her do, she probably would have seen the Tonka truck and not tripped over it. So, they've created... Like, they they, sh- they could have helped her out here. Yeah, is, yeah is, you kind of have a point there. I mean, in the, the sexy people shower ad, they're just busy flirting with each other. They're not, you know... So I guess they're saying, don't do pieces to camera or flirt in your shower. Yeah. I mean, if she had had time to clean up before doing the ad, mm. but clearly, like, she hadn't, I think, that's, I think that's entirely unfair of all of New Zealand to do that to her and then laugh at her while she's on the floor bleeding. So, so that one, that one, John, I don't buy. No, no, I, don't, don't buy smashing yourself onto a glass coffee table, even if you're a New Zealander. Thank, thank you for bringing those to our attention. Once again, uh, boxcutters.net slash episode 347. You'll find all three of those ads. Hi, my name's Rod Quantock, and you may know me from such films as 
Well, I never made a film, but that's not the important thing. I'm here on the Box Cutters. It's a podcast, and I'm told it's on the internet. So get to the internet, look up podcast, look up Box Cutter, press enter, and shit, you might hear me. Brett Cropley, in your house, yes. you have... <laughs> you're a hoarder. Just say it. You're a hoarder. No, 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 no. Oh. I, I live in a penthouse, but I have a basement. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Because because Brett Cropley insists on being the creepiest person we know. <laughs> so this this all started age like back in the days in the days of Ross, where uh, you would you would say Brett that you had uh, you, you had things that you had not watched yet. You had them on VHS and you were just saving them up until stuff from the telly. So yeah, you you taped things on the telly and mm-hmm. you were just saving them up uh, to watch at. At some point, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was convinced that that point would never come. Ross got sick of waiting for you to watch this stuff and left the and show. Died. Yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Die. Didn't he? he just no. Oh, just, okay. He never Sorry. told he me that was the reason. He just left the. Let's. I think that was the reason. I think also three kids and time and things like that. Mm-hmm. John, that was the real reason. But so you, so, so, so the, but Brett has this vault. He has he? he has this vault, and then instead of watching stuff from the vault, all he's started doing, John, is uh, is digitizing, digitizing stuff from the vault. Yes. So you have hundreds and hundreds of VHS tapes. Not hundreds. Dating back to the eighteen nineties. I've got dozens. Okay. <laughs> Dozens and dozens <laughs> that make up hundreds of VHS tapes <laughs> that Brett has slowly been digitizing mm-hmm. and then bringing to us as something from Brett's vault. Vault, 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 vault. That's the bit that you have to reverb. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought it'd be obvious. Yeah. So, Brett, what, what have you brought us from your disturbing vault? Um, this, now this is from. Oh, we uh, should have just. We should have always called it from Brett's disturbing, disturbing vault. <laughs> I think that was just taken. No, no it is always risky uh, taking getting stuff from the vault because it's right down the bottom of my stockpile. And you might disturb and, the and bodies. I, I could get crushed. <laughs> oh yeah, I could so Very see that in the Herald stockpile. Sun. Yeah, oh, like those Fox brothers in presenter. New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's oh, that's so. Um, crushed so, by the seven sewing machines. <laughs> so this was a recording from... Uh, he doesn't even sew. This was a recording from uh, 1994 uh, when Funky Squad was on the ABC. Um, and uh, I, I'll, I'll just pre pre cursor that uh, by saying that you can tell this is on video because the tracking is just quite slightly out and so it's got that that uh, noise going on both visually and uh, as you'll hear that's probably a hipster thing now it's probably really in yeah they, yeah they, they put it on like like yeah there's a scratches filter. And, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, funky squad had to were they all legitimate ads that they put in there? They were older ads of the time of that this was set in, which I was the seventies. So. This was the show of the nineties. Um, so, so we're we're kind of going back twenty years, which was then going back twenty years. Oh God, we're probably further away now from Funky Squad than Funky Squad was from the time it was set in. Mm. Um, and I feel so, uh, this this was oh, John. Why did you do that to me? I know. I'm sorry. This was one of those ads that uh, I I can only assume was actually legitimate. There is so much more to national. So much more than just the many many things we make. ABBA 
is right. National create and develop many things for better living, like batteries and flash guns to capture memories, like a complete range of excellent sound equipment for news and views, music and good fun. And National can go with you anywhere, anytime you want to go. National can play your favorite ABBA records, help keep your house in order, or get your day started right. Whatever you're looking for, look to a national product. Sound equipment, home appliances, and television. My mum had that juicer. Really? Yeah. Whenever you see their name. National, just slightly ahead of our time. I love that tagline, just slightly ahead of our time. Whereas my I first thought is, how much money did National pay for that ad? That must have cost them a fortune. Well, you know, Australia loved ABBA my? back in the I, 70s. I know, but, but they, were, they weren't as big around in other places of the world. But surely here, I mean, ABBA would have been able to just charge I, top dollar. For my that my first thought was, how are ABBA singing so clearly when they have so much corporate cock in their mouth? <laughs> <laughs> that was... So... So national for 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 um, those who came in late was a uh, it, it was it was an electronics brand uh, that then became Panasonic uh, ah. late, later in the day. It it's it surprises me that ABBA did an an ad for for National because the the only National ad that I remember was Victoria Nichols doing an ad for for National. Victoria mm-hmm. Nichols was the uh, first uh, co-host of uh, of Sale of Century. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she did an ad for, for National at the time that National and Panasonic that the the brand was changing over, and so I remember that quite quite clearly. ABBA advertising National is uh, is quite extreme and changing the lyrics of one of their songs. Of their songs. I thinking, actually, that's got me thinking now. Was it was it a fortune at the time, or did this predate people doing that kind of stuff, or, and it didn't occur to them to ask for that Or maybe their management made them do it, because ABBA are, are one of those bands that have just refused to allow anybody to do anything with their music yeah. up until Madonna sampled that thing five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, there was, there was nothing that was actually authorised by ABBA. It, it's, it surprises me as, uh, as well that they would do it so... So much as part of the actual ad, like a, and changing the lyrics of yeah. the song from Fernando to National. National, that is all pretty full on. Yeah. Someone must have had incriminating photos. That's what I've decided now. <laughs> that, that's the only thing I can was, come up it with. It was that reporter from from the movie. Yeah, from that. As, he, as we've seen, it was he was an investigative a, journalist maybe, with some maybe sleazy, a bit of a bad egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What happened to that guy? <laughs> Is is that all you have for us from yep, from your yep, vault? Yeah, it was just the one-off special. That is amazing, though. So we'll link that on the website as well. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's you've, you've got that on the YouTube now. So brilliant. We'll, so that's four videos that you can watch if you go to boxcutters.net/episode five. In fact, with three, the, four, uh, seven. Just don't bother. Oh, there's a Star Lost uh, video as well. It's five. Five episodes. It's a lot five, of videos. It's a lot of videos to watch. It's a lot of homework for you. Yeah, people. you'll be there for anything up to five minutes if you're two of them. Plus, we've found a whole lot more of those uh, New Zealand ads as well, so we'll link to those. Yeah. So you could, you could just spend minutes, yeah. minutes of your work day. Oh, listener, if you could be here during the, the breaks. Oh, oh. The things we get up to. Oh. You would see what happens. Brett Cropley, if you were going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? 
well, I, Josh, I've been inspired uh, to by by John's uh, "Just Don't Bother." Um, I, I I thought, hey, Canadian sci- sci-fi. Hang on a second. What could go wrong? It's around. <laughs> It's around about that time of year. And season two of Continuum is just oh. about finished. So okay. I'm going to do the entire season right. of that this did week. You, so you watched... Did, did you watch all two. of season one? season one, yeah. Oh, because I, I didn't. I did. So Continuum was the one about the cop who goes back in time. The cop and the, the... The cop and the, cr- and the, the crooks. The anti-corporate yeah. terrorists. Uh, go, ba- go back in time and... Back uh, to our time. And her and her and the cop's so, boss. So, that, so the cop can is, make sure that a vicious um, corporate dictatorship takes place in the future. Yes. She's accidentally caught in in the ball of, of time travel, right? With with the guys that were actually on about to be yes. executed. Yeah, John. Considering that this is your last episode of Box Cutters, and you never have to watch television ever again, yeah. I think that's I think that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Are you going to watch one thing this week? Nothing. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit quietly. In a, in a white room and contemplate. Well, actually, no, because really what's actually going to happen, of course, at the end of the show is I'm going to set the studio on fire and push it out onto the sea, as Vikings do when they're finished recording a podcast. No, I think you push it out first and then you, you get the flaming arrows. No, 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 I think we should have re- rehearsed. I think we should have rehearsed that burning thing because it sounds sounds like I would have uh, said no if we'd like discussed it in a yeah, production sorry. meeting. Doors are locked. So Studio Three, sorry Triple R, one studio uh, less, but you've got a bunch. You won't notice. And it's we'll great test- how they made it modular and, and right next <laughs> yeah, to this next creek. Next to this creek, yeah. it's amazing. So I just, I just, I like to pick a time and a day, and then just, uh, and then just scroll through and see what's on at that time. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I've done this uh, this time on the Foxtel. Uh, on the Foxtel Guide, uh, which shows me almost every channel. It doesn't show me what's on Channel 31, because Foxtel doesn't believe that communities exist. Uh, Sunday, the 28th of July, at 9.30pm on... Well, who knew there was a, a channel called Studio? Mm. Mm. Channel 132 on Foxtel, Studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, 9.30, Web Therapy, uh, which is the Lisa Kudrow oh, web, oh, the series web series that they then uh, turned into a, a TV series. Are they still being produced? Well, I don't think so. But uh, but it's still being I, shown. I, I did quite enjoy it. Uh, Look, it's... Back- Five years ago, it's maybe not now, bad. It was a, it was a cute idea, and that was another thing that came out of the writers' strike, uh, and uh, was was a really interesting concept where uh, it would all be two camera pieces, but Lisa Kudrow was giving therapy uh, to well, Lisa Kudrow's character was uh, was was doing therapy for people at home via via the internet. Uh, interesting concept. I don't think it translated to television all that well, but worth looking at because I think it's a really interesting bit of recent TV history. And the dress is quite good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a cute concept as well, mm. but I think it works better as five or seven minute bits rather mm-hmm. than a full half hour episode. 9.30pm, Studio, uh, Channel 132 on Foxtel. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Speaking of web series, are any of those ones that were around still around? Like the Lonely Girl one? Remember there was... Lonely Girl 13. Yeah. 
Like, like, there, were, there were a few web series. Yeah, Ileana Douglas did that one with IKEA, which I was I thought was, was really interesting. Yeah, I, I must have. It didn't quite work for me, but I loved the idea of it. Did you ever see the? So Ileana oh, Douglas, who I love anyway, it was called Some Assembly Required. I want to say off the top of my head, but it was interesting because it was a deal that that had been done. So IKEA paid for it, mm-hmm. and it was set in an IKEA. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that Ileana Douglas had her acting career had dried up, and she was now working at an IKEA. Easy to assemble. Easy to assemble. And then as the show went on, other kind of people you sort of recognized from old sitcoms and things would turn up also playing just as actors shopping. who couldn't no no who had to work there they were all, oh. they, were, they, were, they, were, they all worked there because they couldn't get acting gigs and of course being Ikea you had all these sets mm. so they'd all be like what would look like a lounge room and then would pull out and they'd actually be at work They'd always be eating uh, Swedish meat. And they did a lot of stuff for Swedish people. It was a really interesting idea. Cause but I, Ikea was open at the time. Like, they didn't close Ikea to, to, to film. film it. Really? Yeah. Really? Ikea was open at the time. They just weren't allowed to, uh, to disturb people's shopping. Okay, that freaks me out. That's, I've heard Ileana Douglas t- talk about it. It's extraordinary. An extraordinary series. And also because well. I've got nothing really against product placement in drama. I think it can be done and done mm. well. And I thought that was actually a great idea to go, let's set it in this store. Let's set it in Ikea, which is an interesting place to be anyway. And, yeah, so it was, it was – I don't think it, it lasted – it probably did a couple of seasons. But, um, yeah, I know Husbands has just, you know, crowdfunded its second season and where the bears are. But uh, – yeah, they're still out there. They haven't quite hit that critical mass yet. Certainly not getting the buzz that they did once. No, I think there's a next step to be taken, and it'll be soon, in which I think probably corporate money will somehow be involved in it. But we're we're getting there. It's 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 going to happen. I think. Uh yeah, I think Easy to Assemble only had that series in 2008. Wasn't uh, Ileana, I don't think I don't think it was Ileana Douglas's first foray into web only or might have been that might have been her first and then she did another one that was where she was working in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look it's I, I think it's a really interesting take. I think the idea that people make uh, make content that is just for the internet. I think that's really novel. We've been doing that. <laughs> For eight years we've been doing it. Well, you've been doing it for eight years. I've been doing it for five. John, I I can't say how much I've enjoyed sharing the oh, microphone you with you. can't say that. No. Because, mm, awkward. I know. There's that court order. <laughs> I know. I'm just... the only one that can mention there's a court order. <laughs> I can't <laughs> I, But after that, after that episode of Whip It Out, Stick It In A Hole, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, with Larry Emder. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you're not allowed... Not allowed to... I, I have to say the the last what it's been like five years. It has been almost exactly five years uh, that fact, you've been yes. part of part of box cutters, and uh, you've brought so much to the show. I don't know what it's going to be like without you for the next three weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious now to know what's going to be like when, when when you're gone as well, and 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 many of the others. And it's going to be just Brett and some kind of crazy. I think it's be Brett and hand puppets, and he'll be doing other voices. <laughs> what do you think of the? I agree with you, Brett. <laughs> I also agree with you, Brett. No, no, that's that's my. YouTube series. Jeez. Brett, I've, been, I, I've been doing that for five years. Are, are you allowed to talk about a- anything that's uh, that's that's going to happen after episode 350? Um, it's it's going to continue on stronger and better than ever. Um, so, I, well, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, it's going to continue on. Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, strong, strong um, and Brett. No, but I'd, are you not allowed to talk many, about the team? Many ideas the, we just haven't haven't uh, had a chance to come together and, and hammer stuff out, nor bring in the the new ideas from the new teammates and all that sort of stuff um i i'm i'm actually really keen to uh to to get a bit more 
start the video podcast and the live feed yes. and uh, get a get there a bit more uh, audience involvement. What's going to um, happen to that running gag? Get, get a bit more engagement. <laughs> It'll die with you, right? There's no, when we set not fire to be the studio in about ten minutes' time. There is no video podcast. Yeah, but there is there is no video podcast. But there won't be anybody around to say there is no. So video So therefore, podcast. there will be one. So your absence when you go, yeah, you can no longer deny the existence of the video podcast, <laughs> which means the video podcast will, by definition, exist. It's all about quantum mechanics, Josh. Yeah. So when when you finish, so this is your last episode, John. Yes. When you go, do you cease to exist after this? No, you cease to exist. That's more the point. I cease to exist. <laughs> When you leave box cutters. When I leave the room, you cease to exist in my mind. Anyway. Right. That's cut out. Now, of course, you guys are, are welcome anytime you want to, to come back and visit. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 please. Please, <laughs> save me from the hand puppets it, that it, I've created. It, it'll be like one of those episodes where the hand puppet will go, Hey, John's just flown in from Boston. Because <laughs> they're always in from Boston for some reason. <laughs> Uh, but John, you you are continuing on with Splendid Chaps. Uh, Splendid Chaps till the end of the year, um, which yeah, to plug the next live one will be Paul McGann and Science, which I think is actually from from. You, the, you, you've got Paul McGann as a guest. Yeah, he's that's, the guest. Wow, yeah, that's he's not impressive. the guest. He's not. We're talking about him. But um, but from the the homework examples that Ben actually selected for this one, I think we're talking about Bad Science. So oh. that's going to be on August the eleventh. I think it is at Bar Open on Brunswick Street. Um, the Seven Slash so, Religion Show, which we just upstairs. did. Upstairs at Bar Open, the, the Seven Slash Religion Show, which was amazing. It was a great, a great day at the public I, I bar. I heard great, great things. Yeah, we actually had like theological discussions with people and some arguments. You're splitting that into two episodes. Two episodes. Um, so at least the first half will be up on the 23rd. Uh, our final show for Splendid Chaps, which isn't really the final show, but the one talking about the 11th Doctor, the actual 50th anniversary episode, will be on November the 21st in Cinema One at the Australian Centre for the Moving Image. Uh, which tickets will go on sale soon, so you can buy those from Acme. .net.au, I think it is, off the top of my head. But uh, please do, because it's a big room. And so that's all going on for the year. And then, yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. I'm around. You're, 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 you're doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Nudge is having a, a live, uh, a, another live show uh, on August 7th. Again, I think it is. Uh, August 7th at Loop Bar in uh, Myers Place in mm-hmm. Melbourne, uh, where we'll uh, be speaking to Victorian Opera about uh, how they go about designing their uh, their material and then uh, and then commissioning designers to yeah. uh, actually promote opera to a new audience. So that's going to be exciting. So it's an August 7th uh, Nudge Live episode. You'll be able to find details for that uh, at thenudge.com.au and the podcast continues. John, I'm going to miss you. Well, you know, come stalk me. Splitterchaps.com. All right. Yeah. yeah. You'll find me. I'm around, people. It's been beautiful. I've enjoyed it. I've learned an awful lot, uh, especially about compression and reverb, it turns out. But, uh, yeah, no, look, it's, it's been an amazing time doing this. But uh, I just feel it, it's, yes, it was the, the shock of it being five years. <laughs> it's kind of like going, yeah, maybe it's time to I think the break. audience as well is going to miss you a lot in the next three weeks when you're not editing the episodes. Uh, well, you and, know, it'll uh, be interesting. Yes. <laughs> yes. Look, it gives it like they've loved you up until now, and then it gives them a reason to hate you for leaving. Yeah, yeah. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Rich Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. 
John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. Now, I, I've rethought your idea, John. I think it's much better this way with us outside of the studio. Uh, I, I like that. I like the symbolism, though, of, of pushing it out to yeah. pushing it out to sea, uh, yeah. setting on fire. So you can set on fire. But I, I think we're we're all out. I'm, I'm out. John, you're out. Brett, you're out. That's that's it. That's everyone. There's no one left in there. Is no, there? no, I don't think there is. Hi, this is Pete Smith. Oh no! You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters. Jumpy.